Happy Monday, everybody. This is Mary Clark. Welcome to my podcast, Mother Mary Monday. Every Monday, I'll share discovery stories, life lessons, and encourage you to seek and find your best you. Hello, it's Monday, and it's another week to do really amazing things with your life. I have had another wonderful week. It's been super snowy. It's been winter um, to the 10th degree all over the Midwest. So I think that for all of us, it probably um, forces a little quiet time. And just because of the gray in the winter, it it becomes even more important to feed your soul. As I've said, and one of the reasons why I think this podcast has kind of um, been birthed and it just feels so natural to me is after you've been doing something a while and I think as you share things on social media, um, people will go, oh, you have such a sunny disposition. And I will, admittedly, yes, my nature is to look at the bright side but I also have realized that not just along that way, because that can only take you so far. Um, and everybody has their bad days. And, and the reality is that life comes along and things happen and it does impact you. So um, I don't necessarily think that that's just um, an excuse or a, a reason or why someone can say, I'm not like that. I'm predisposed towards whatever, because what you focus on expands. We all know that. And so the more you focus on what isn't, the bigger that becomes instead of focusing on what is. And that's just the most important thing in my life um, that I think has really carried the things that we've been doing now for decades. <clears throat> and as you analyze things, and I'm a Virgo. I'm naturally very analytical. Sometimes I have to be careful of that because I, <laughs> analysis can bring bring paralysis. So that's the other reason why I think I am very intentional in how I start my day, uh, fill my week, what I listen to in the car, what I listen to in the office, um, what I will watch in television and movies, and what I won't watch. I just got done watching Dear John, which normally my norm would be I'm not going to watch that. Um, but when when things start winning awards and everyone says, oh my gosh, it's so good. And then I met this wonderful woman at a dinner who said, I just binge watched um, Dear John and it was really great. And so the way that Jeff and I watched it was the first night we watched it, you think, oh, you're going to watch an episode and and then you'll stop. Well, we got done and I looked at Jeff and I was like, we have to watch another one. And we did. And then we watched another one. And then I couldn't sleep because I was so caught up in what I just watched. So I learned about myself in that situation is that we would literally have to, we just finished watching the whole series, but we'd have to, I, for me, I would say... I have to watch it. Let's watch it at like seven or eight so that then when it's over, I can watch something lighthearted or happy or a reality competition show that just makes me happy and I can go to sleep with a peaceful mind, which is kind of the same way that I've become much more intentional about how I start my day, what I do in the week, 
And because of that, there's just always lots of reflecting. We rearranged our office, which I love. But one of these times I'm going to, oh, we'll put it on YouTube. I have to, I can't wait to share how, our, how we rearranged our office. It's funny how you get set in, this is how the office is set up. From the time that we moved in two years ago, our desks were in the exact same place. We rearranged some little things around here and there. And then as we started to think more of how we wanted the space to feel and how it could function, um, we started to think about how we could do it a little bit differently. And then we bought our Peloton treadmill, which I'm telling you was the best investment. It's the best gift we ever gave to each other. It's kind of our Christmas, New Year's present to ourselves, but we also needed to find a place for it. So we've rearranged. And so now all day long, sitting at my desk, I see the wall of all the images of the models and that wall is growing and it's a remembrance. It's how did we get here? It's, it's decades of, of triumph, of overcoming hurdles and challenges. So I was sitting here the other day, Jeff went to, to um, run some errands and I talked to my girlfriend, Siri, and I said, play the preacher's wife, which back in the day in the office before I met Jeff, it was during the time, it was during that 1997 time. It was when I scouted Kutcher at the airliner. <clears throat> it was when I scouted Jeff on the four-hour layover. It was the darkest of times in my personal life, and yet at the same time, it ended up being the game-changing year of 1997. But during that time and up to that time, so like 96, when things were really, my life was just unraveling. Personally, professionally, I didn't think I could hang on. My dear friend April, who was like family to us, was in the office with us. We were in a green Dutch colonial house on First Avenue in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which is like the main street down the center of the city. And it was a gray winter. It was February. It was dark. And my my sunny disposition was not so sunny, to be honest. And I started listening to, almost every day, the soundtrack from The Preacher's Wife. Now, here's the funny thing. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> I've never seen the movie. I've captured bits and pieces, like if it would come up on television randomly uh, with Denzel Washington and um, uh, Whitney Houston, but I ne never actually sat down and watched the, the the movie from beginning to end. But the soundtrack, if I put that soundtrack on today, which I did it the other day when I was working on what the podcast would be, and then just now as Jeff was setting things up for the podcast, instantly... I'm back in that place where the songs all mean something to me and how I visually can remember being in the office and it's snowing and thinking that I had to quit doing this for a living. I needed to wake up. My mom, God bless her soul, was still around, Grandma Kathy, and she was suggesting all these potential jobs for me. Have you ever thought about being a bank teller? Have you ever thought about being everything that I respect the people that do those jobs. I really do. I am always like, wow, that's so cool that you can do that. I could never do it. I just know my constantly <laughs> needing 
something new or creative gratification or I'm running around doing, it's just how I'm wired. And thankfully, I've just followed who I was and how I was meant to function. And my faith became a part of every single day. I just would go, God, show me the next day. All I need to do is get through today. If I can get through today and do the best that I can with what I have, then tomorrow will bring something new. And 25 years in, he's never failed me. It's probably more like 30 years-ish. I don't know. I just know that he's never failed me. And having music that you can go to, music that heals, music that soothes, music that encourages you, um, music that drives your creativity, I think it's so important. I met a woman... Um, this was probably almost 20 years ago, right when we moved to St. Louis. First we lived in New City, then we moved out to Lake St. Louis. And there was a young family two doors down with two crazy boys and our two crazy boys would love to play. They got in a lot of trouble. I'm surprised they didn't break 5,000 more bones than they actually did. But I remember the woman, um, she was always kind of a sad woman. It wasn't a particularly happy home. And one of the... I was trying to get to know her and really befriend her because they had moved to and they didn't know anyone. And I remember saying to her, well, what kind of music do you like? And when she told me that she never listened to music, I was like, wow. Now, I recently met a model that we, a guy, super cool guy. We scouted him at the Soulard Farmer's Market. And he was a really interesting guy who said, I don't really listen to a lot of music, but he listened to audiobooks and podcasts. He was a very interesting guy, very creative, and he loved poetry. So for him, the poetry brought, brought the healing and the inspiration that music does for me. Um, I just think for you, remember those songs that are healing. There's a great commercial now where the girl goes to college and there's a playlist that was her dad's music. And when she feels lonely, she puts on that music and it just heals her. I truly can sit and measure and look and, and, and look at the seasons and the chapters and the things that were overwhelming and know that a huge part of why we were able to keep going is I took responsibility, personal responsibility, and Jeff does the same, to feed my soul with messages, with music, with positive things. And now I'm becoming more intentional as I sit here. I now start my day not with immediately looking at the news. I start my day by reading. I start my day by a little bit of journaling. And I can't tell you the profound difference it's made. So if you've never done something like that, I encourage you to do it. And if you go, well, I don't even know what to, what I should write or what I should, you know what, just allow yourself to just do whatever it is. It doesn't have to be something major. It's like us getting on the treadmill. We haven't worked out. And there was a few years back where we were really involved with Pilates and we let that go. And we can tell. Our physical bodies can tell. I can tell mentally. I can tell spiritually in every way your body's not a hundred percent so to get on the treadmill now and to do the incline and to go every day I see myself making a little bit of more progress I'm proud of myself we're eating clean we're doing things different this is the time of the the year to 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 refresh and to reset and it can be a really powerful thing because over time great things happen 
I found a few quotes that I love. This was George Lucas. You have to find something that you love enough to be able to take risks, really important, jump over the hurdles and break through the brick walls that are always going to be placed in front of you. If you don't have that kind of feeling for what it is you're doing, you'll stop at the first giant hurdle. Along with the successes that we've had with our models, we've also had models that that first taste of failure or that first taste of doubt, or maybe it's their 10th taste of doubt, they call it a day and they walk away. And I always think if you would just press through that part, if you just press through the disappointment, maybe take a little minute, reassess, and get back in the game because you never know what's beyond that hurdle. And that's the most important thing. You have to keep moving past the hurdle. Jim Rohn, if you've never read any of his books, if you've never um, heard of who he is, I love his kind of Midwestern, no-nonsense sensibility when it comes to success and endeavors. He has a couple of other great quotes that go along with that, being in it for the long haul, pushing through so that you can go from the dark, the dark, hard winter of 1997 and end up on the sunny day in 2019 and look at a wall and go, we didn't give up. And because we didn't give up, all of that has come. Because it's not all about me. It's not all about Jeff. It's about persevering and not throwing in the towel when the hurdle comes. Some people plant in the spring and leave in the summer. If you've signed up for a season, see it through. You don't have to stay forever, but at least and to stay until you see it through. And what that means is if there's a glimmer of hope or a hint of success or you see things unfolding, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be failures. I've explained many, many times the multitude of failures and challenges and disappointments. Um, but when you feed your soul and you take accountability and you also take the time to analyze what isn't working, I think sometimes I've seen people, they keep doing the same thing and think something's going to change. It's not. Um, really assessing and and being a constant learner, I think will help lead you to new places within the area of what you're working on. And finally, another great Jim Rohn, don't join the easy crowd. You won't grow. Go where the expectations and the demands to perform are high. We're always really honest when somebody comes to mother. If they don't, if their goal isn't to at least shoot for the top, we're not the right, we're not the right fit for them. And they should look for a local or regional agency, which is not a bad thing. We're all cut in different ways and we're meant to do different things. But if you're near heart of hearts, you know that there can be more. There's a personal responsibility that you have to work to get to more. Three or four years back, we had the heart-to-heart conversation with Alana Arrington, who was doing really well in her modeling career. And we just kept her going. And the reality is, in the long run, she made the decision that she wanted more. And then she started doing what it takes to do more. And my my little buzzer is going off, but I'm not going to stop right now because it's so important. Uh, we said to her, you can keep having the career that you have, and there's nothing wrong with that, but do you want more? 
And two months later, she was walking her first show in New York Fashion Week, and it was because she did more, she pushed harder, she got to her best self. And the rest is history. I hope this motivates you to become really intentional um, with your thoughts, your music, what you choose, and to not give up. Talk to you next Monday. Have a great week.